Well, hello, everybody. Hello, hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Glad you are here. Welcome, welcome to another Wednesday night live stream with me, Dan, your friendly fishmonger from dansfish.com. Glad you could make it. We do this every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Take that, everyone on a coast. We're doing Mountain Time. <laughs> California, New York, you hear that? <laughs> I'm glad to be here. I've got a lot to tell you about today. In fact, I actually had to like make notes just to keep it all straight. But uh, yeah, I'm glad to be here. I've had a heck of a time since I last saw you in a good way. And so here's the docket for today. Um, I'm going to tell you about a couple things that I think are cool or exciting or interesting. And then after that, we'll open it up. We'll get to your questions and comments. If you want me to reply to your question or comment, just leave it below and type the at symbol and start typing Dan's fish. You'll see my name populate. You'll click it. That way it'll highlight for me and I can jump right to it. And we'll all get along famously. You won't have to see me like do boring stuff like read through every bit of chat just to see a question or comment. So that's how we roll here. So going to talk to you a little bit about uh, my trip to Grand Rapids, Michigan, where I gave a talk on killifish at the Great Valley Aquarium Club. I was able to tour some amazing fish rooms, some really cool setups. I learned a ton on this trip some, from some of these, you know, true expert hobbyists. It was great. I also was able to tour a couple fish stores and I toured one, which is the best fish store I've ever been to. I was blown away. So I'll tell you about that a little bit. I've got a video on that coming out. Um, then uh, had some breeding going on. So we'll tell you about that and a couple other things. That's kind of the docket. That's what's going on with me. So looks like tons of people have piled in. Glad you're here. Uh, Lumpy Dog, glad you could make it. Good to see you, Jeff. And Candy, glad you're here. Bob, thanks for being here. Those are my main mods. If we're lucky, we'll get to hear from 54 Punchy, but she's probably working um, at least until the summertime. So probably not. It'd be good if we did, though. Okay, let's um, get right to it. Uh, the first thing is shipping was a little delayed because of my trip. Uh, I think you all know this if you bought from me because I tried to email everyone the new date. I usually ship on Mondays. All the fish this week went out yesterday, Tuesday. So uh, you'll probably be getting your fish uh, if it was priority tomorrow and the next day most likely is when they'll be coming in. And most people bought uh, paid for priority postage. That's the most popular, cheapest <laughs> form of postage. And uh, I think everyone's going to get there okay. This is honestly the hardest time of year for me to ship fish. In the winter, it's cold and I'm like, okay, throw a bunch of heat packs in there. In the summer, it's hot. Okay, don't put in heat packs. Sometimes put in ice packs or cool packs anyway. This time of year, it's hard because it's, uh, it's almost warm enough to not put in a heat pack, but cool enough that it's right on the edge. If you put one in, they could overheat. If you don't put one in, they could get a little too cold. So I put in uh, small heat packs this time. And I wrapped them a little more thickly in newspaper. And what that, that is going to do is going to uh, slow down how much oxygen gets to the heat packs. So heat packs work by absorbing oxygen. There's a chemical reaction. Heat is released. 
And so if you wrap them in a little bit of newspaper, there's still enough oxygen transfer that the heat pack can get warm, but hopefully it doesn't get so hot. So I think everything's going to be good. It, it almost always is, but this is the time of year and kind of its counterpoint during the fall when it starts cooling off that I'm the most nervous about shipping, even more than the dead of winter, just because things are so variable and you're right on that edge of needing heat and not needing heat. And yeah, so I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes this week. Again, I'm sure it'll be fine, but I'm always a little nervous every time I send fish until I hear back that they're okay. I just, I just, I don't think that'll ever go away, but this time of year, even though it almost always goes okay, I'm still <laughs> just any extra little risk factor just makes me oh so nervous. So I think this week was probably the last week that I'll use heat packs. Although I looked at the weather forecast and I might be down in the 30s again next week. So I might have to do it again next week if that holds true. But anyway, that, that was kind of the, the shipping fish adventure. Grand Rapids, Michigan was awesome. I want to thank the Great Valley Aquarium, uh, Aquarium Club, Great Valley Aquarium Club, for having me out there. I had a blast. They could not have been better hosts. If anyone here has been invited by them to speak and you're on the fence, don't be. They're amazing people. They'll take care of you. Uh, Chris Carpenter, the vice president of the club, took all day off Saturday to drive me around, show me some cool fish rooms and stores and stuff. They fed me. They took care of me. It was a great experience. It was exhausting. There are no good flights out of Sheridan. Anytime I fly, it's a full day's travel. Um, and often late at night, early mornings and all that. But uh, it was exhausting. But even though I was super tired, it was I was also super happy to be there and excited and saw some cool stuff. So I got some videos coming out. Um, I toured uh, Chase Klein Stecker's fish room. Chase has won the Breeder of the Year Award from the Federation of American Aquarium Societies. This guy is a true uh, master breeder of fish. And in, in not just because we call him that, but because a, a national organization called him that. Um, of all the fish that were bred the year he won, of all the breeders that they were aware of the year he won, he bred the most species of anyone. Hey, Kent's Fish, $4.99. I pause for super chats. I'm still small enough I can do that. Let's start the party right. Thanks again. I will catch you later. Got to hit the bed. Thanks again. You are the best, Candy and Bob. Yes, $4.99 in honor of the mods. Thanks, Kent. Really appreciate it. Sweet dreams. And uh, yeah, we'll, I hope you enjoy the replay. But thanks so much for the super chat. Always appreciated. Never required. But it makes the wife super happy. Um, anyway, Chase spent a couple hours with me showing me all his stuff and telling me and explaining his setup and his process and how he breeds all these fish. And I can't wait to share it with you. He's in his 80s now and everything he does is, is super simple. He's breeding all these amazing species and his process is easy and I'm, I'm excited to uh, try a few of the things he talked about. So I'll be sharing that video with you. Uh, as soon as I can edit it and get it going tomorrow. So I'm behind. I'm way behind from the trip. It put me like several days behind. So tomorrow the plan is to catch up on inventory. I'll list um, all the stuff I have for sale. <laughs> 
up on get gills that I, I haven't been able to put up there yet. Today, I looked at all my inventory and kind of adjusted and made it more accurate, but I, I was only able to put a couple new species up today. I think I put up Uwaru and uh, Black Tiger Darios, uh, a new kind of Dario or mini Battis species from uh, Myanmar or Myanmar or however you say that, Burma. Fish Tank Barn, five bucks. Yesterdog Fund, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Mike. That's awesome. Yeah, so uh, a couple of weeks before I went on this trip, the Fish Tank Barn was like, you have to try Yesterdog. And when we were talking about our itinerary, uh, the club was like, "Are you? do you have any dietary restrictions? Are you okay for hot dogs? There's this great hot dog place we want to take you. And I was like, is it Yesterdog? And they're like, yes, it is. And I was like, yes, let's go. <laughs> so thanks for that recommendation. Um, so anyway, tomorrow I'm going to be finishing uh, listing all the new stuff that's that's ready to go on the site. So if you're interested in some of that stuff that you saw during the fish room tour that isn't up yet, um, check it out. It'll be up on getgills.com tomorrow. At least that's my goal. It might not be that everything gets a nice picture or a video accompany it or anything like that, because all that stuff takes a long time and I've been traveling, but, um, but it'll be up there <laughs> and then I'll gradually get the pictures and videos and stuff, um, you know, all, all made, but you know, if you want to see the fish, you can see them in the fish room tour that came out when last week, I think, or the week before. Uh, it's the same. It's the same fish. So you can see what you're actually getting. Victoria Torres throwing down a dollar ninety nine. Victoria, thank you so much. Thanks for that super chat. Always appreciated. Never required. But again, makes my wife Brenda super happy, and every little bit helps. So I appreciate that. Thanks so much. And and also just uh, just generous and kind. So I appreciate it. Um, Anyway, enough about that. Um, so Chase Klein Starter's video coming out as soon as I can edit it. I also um, toured Mike Manji's fish room. He's an expert on barbs. Uh, Sergeant Tanks did a uh, interview with him. It's very informative. Oh, it's been months now, I think. Um, but at least I think that's where I, I'm pretty sure that's where I, I saw it. Or was it on a podcast? I can't remember for sure. But if you search up, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Sergeant Tank's channel. Anyway, I was able to visit his fish room and see all his amazing barbs in person, see his breeding setup. Um, he sells the stuff at getgills.com. His store is called Extreme Aquatics. So if you are interested in any of Mike's stuff, he's uh, listing it there. He's had a setback, uh, a medical issue. So he isn't posting as much there as he was for a while, he kind of took everything down, but for the last little while, he's been gradually building it back up and posting it back up. So rare barbs, cool stuff you aren't likely to find anywhere else. And I was able to see it and it was amazing. I got a video of that coming out for you. Chris Carpenter has a bunch of, he's a shell dweller expert. He goes around to all the clubs and speaks about shell dwellers. And so I got to see his setup and all his different species of shell dwellers. And I learned a ton about shell dwellers from that guy. So there's a cool video of that coming out. And then the best fish store I've ever seen, honestly. I didn't know I could be this impressed by a fish store. It's there in Grand Rapids, Michigan. It's called Watercolors. I want to share this with you. I'm so impressed with them. Um, I did a tour of this, so you'll see a tour. And Jeff Rose Fishkeeping did a tour of their place as well. This is them, Watercolors Aquarium Gallery. Uh, if you're ever in Grand Rapids, Michigan, 
and you want to see a cool fish store, it's worth the trip. Um, not only did they have amazing fish that, that I've never seen in person before, you know, it, they had some bread and butter stuff too, but it's very rare for me to go into a fish store and find stuff that, that is new or exciting or that I would want to keep or breed or work with. Um, or if I do see it, it's one or two things. This, it was like almost everything they had was absolutely amazing. And they quarantined their stuff. Besides Aquarium Co-op, it's the only retail store I know of that puts their fish through quarantine. It's a minimum of two weeks for freshwater fish. It's a month for their saltwater stuff. And everything was in pretty darn good shape. I could tell these guys knew what they were doing. And gals, guys and gals, I could tell that they knew what they were doing. The English language is so hard. There's, <laughs> there's no good words sometimes. But uh, yeah. Oh, hey, Bracken, thank you so much for 10 bucks. Throwing down 10 bucks. This is because I have to leave for dinner with the lady. Don't have too much fun without me. Well, now that you're gone, we're really going to crank it up a notch. Now that Bracken's gone, the party can begin. <laughs> Enjoy your dinner, man. Uh, hope you can catch the replay. So that I got videos of all those things, those fish rooms in that store that I'll be showing you guys. And I checked the footage today and it looks like it's all going to be pretty much usable. I was worried because I don't control the lighting or sound in those places. I don't have a bunch of little lavalier clip on mics or anything like that. So my equipment's, you know, when you're, I mean, I made the whole trip, packed everything in one backpack, right? I didn't even have a suitcase because <laughs> I don't know if I should tell you guys this story. Okay. I'll tell you the story. So it's been a while since I've used a suitcase and a couple months back, one of my cats was diagnosed with a urinary crystals. It's very common in cats. And so they're on special diets now to prevent that. But um, it's very common in cats to get these. And one of the symptoms is that the crystals make them very uncomfortable and they have to pee all the time. They'll pee in strange places. So that was happening for a couple of days. Then we took the cat to the vet. It got figured out. Now everything's been fine for a long time but I haven't traveled in a while. I went and grabbed the suitcase, opened it up to pack my clothes. And I was like, what is that smell? And I lifted up the suitcase and smelled it. At some point during the uh, urinary tract infection, the cat had decided to pee in the suitcase. You know how sometimes they crawl in a suitcase? And I didn't know it until I grabbed it to pack. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I had to put everything in a backpack. That's how I made the trip. <laughs> I guess I could have packed my clothes in that, but that would have been, wow, that would have been amazing for everyone that encountered me. They would not have forgotten me for sure. And they would never have invited me back either. <laughs> it smelled bad. In fact, I'm probably gonna have to throw that suitcase away. Like I'll try nature's miracle maybe, or some other concoction to get the smell out but it's that suitcase is pretty much done 70 watching not bad for this little channel if you haven't done so if you wouldn't mind liking sharing if you like this stuff we're at 5,000 subscribers now which is pretty exciting thanks to everyone who's subscribed so if you haven't subbed yet and you like to you're invited um but all that stuff we can get folks in here we're at 71 we can do better than that um although that's not bad i ain't complaining 
Um, so anyway, where was I going with this before I got into the cat pee story? I forget. Ty Hunsicker. Hey, Ty, thanks for the super chat. $5. Dan, Bob, Candy, you are coming to the 54 Punchy fan, Fish Fam KOA camping trip. Um, are you coming? I have, to, I have to look more into that, Ty. I really want to. Um, I think that would be amazing. I, anytime I can hang out with 54 Punchy, I will. So, yeah, I have to look into that more, though. Check dates and details. But, uh, yeah, if I can. Are you going to be there, Ty? Greg Jones, towards a new suitcase. <laughs> Five bucks. Thanks, Greg. Trust me, I ain't using the old one. <laughs> I appreciate that. Oh, so anyway, I packed really light. So I was worried about the footage because there's only so much equipment you, and clothes and stuff you can pack when you have just one backpack. Um, but it all turned out good. So that'll all be released as we go forward here in the next few days uh, as I get the time. I'm playing catch up. Like uh, I got back Sunday, was super tired, went straight, forced myself to stay up a few hours till eight o'clock and then went straight to bed. If I fell asleep before 8 p.m., I, I would get up at like 2 a.m. and that would be no good. But and then Monday was prepping fish for packing all day long. Tuesday was packing and shipping fish all day long. And uh, Pistol couldn't make it. The, the guy that I usually uh, are hire to help with packing because of the day change. Um, so my wife stepped up. Thank you, Brenda, for helping me with that. Then today has been kind of catch up, uh, changing filters out, making sure everyone's fed and healthy and, and cleaning some tanks and stuff. Just, just, just getting back in touch with the fish and making sure that everything's okay. Um, got a spawn of peacock gudgeons. So I've been taking care of those today and doing some video stuff. Um, yeah, so it's been crazy. And then on top of all that, we've been working super hard at get gills uh, Get Gills is blowing up. For those that don't know or haven't been in a while, I just want to like show this off a bit because, hey, Maria Z, $1.99, anxiously awaiting my little Illuminatus. Yeah, I, me too. I'm anxiously awaiting every fish I sent. <laughs> but they're beautiful. They've been rock solid. Uh, like, so I, I think that they're going to get there on time and do okay. And sorry they didn't make it today. Um, <laughs> people always ask, do you have overnight? And I always say, well, I have express shipping. Sometimes it's next day. Um, sometimes there's a delay. So sorry it's delayed, Maria. But hopefully it gets there real soon. Um, but anyway, Get Gills has been absolutely blowing up. So there are so many more products listed now and so many more sales. Uh, these are the two that I was able to get on the site today, the Black Tiger Dario, which is amazing, and some Uwaru. In fact, these ones right here, these little guys. Um, but there's been lots of new stores added and lots of products added lately. So I really like these t-shirts. I think these are kind of cool. There's men's and women's. This is uh, Wakiva Aquatics. We Wikaiva? I'm not sure exactly how to say it, but I think those are some cool stuff. Really cool looking shirts. And then there's just been so many new products listed. It's blowing up and I'm so happy because this is now Fisherman Liberty's posted a ton of stuff. Thanks. Uh, it's tons of stuff. So anyway, 
I'm real excited about that because that's now how I make my living. So it's cool to see it kind of blowing up and taking off. Um, and by the way, uh, Jonathan and I have been, you know, while all this is going on, is still working on the website as well. And Jonathan tells me that he's, okay, this is hopeful. This is wishful thinking, but he's super close to the major shipping update that we've been working on for a few months now. It's a, it's a big one. He thinks he might even have it done tonight. Uh, I mean, he's really close. Now, that being said, every time you think it's going to be like, oh, two more hours, we're done, you can hit a glitch or hit a complication, have to figure your way through that or whatever. So I don't know if it'll be tonight or not, but either way, it's super close. And finally, the whole shipping process is going to be... Uh, intuitive more well more intuitive <laughs> as intuitive as we can make it and as complex as people want it so i'm really excited when that's done um that's the last like major kind of background hard coding structural database type uh update that we think we have to make for quite a while for the foreseeable future once that's done we'll be able to put all the nice bells and whistles on that people want, like being able to leave a note for the, for the seller if you're buying a fish or, uh, you know, all, all those little things that, that people want. Those are pretty simple. We've been focusing on the big hard stuff and we're real close. So I'm excited about that. It's been a long time coming. And I think once that uh, update is out and the instructional videos that accompany it are made and everything, I think it'll really blow up even more then because I think what happens now is people create a store in, um, in it can do everything you want it to do, but usually, but, um, but it's a little complex. And I think that complexity sometimes make people, makes people go like, oh man, <laughs> not everyone, but a small percentage, I'm sure, uh, start and then are like, oh, that's kind of complex. So this this adjustment should make it even easier and better. So I'm excited about that. Um, so that's kind of the update from me. That's what's been going on here at dancefish.com and HC Aqua made it. Hey, great to see you. So glad you made it in. And Dan Slee and I'm seeing lots of people. I better start stop saying people's names or I'll offend people by not um, <laughs> by not saying their name. But HC, it's been a long time. Glad you could make it. Glad you could make it live. Um, anyway, that's what's going on with me. Um, last thing is let me show you what I have coming in Friday. I was able to find some pretty neat little uh, fish. These are some licorice gouramis that I'll be getting in. Um, and some more samurai gouramis because I'm almost out and they happen to be available again, which never happens. So I'm definitely getting more of them. And they do look guys when they, when they're colored up, they do look every bit as good as these. Uh, they're those females are amazing. This is a cool shot. The male holding the eggs. So the male is kind of a brown fish, some nice patterns and things on them though. It's the female in this species that gets, all the color and induces breeding and all that. And then the male takes care of the eggs. So it's different than most anabantoids. Or I'm sorry, than most uh, garamis anyway, mouth brooding garamis. Then I'm getting some more peacock gudgeons just because 
I'm just about out. I think I'm down to like maybe two. So <laughs> got to have those. Um, I've got a much larger order with another company that I'm getting together uh, for Monday. That'll be an import, um, not a wholesaler kind of thing, but, but a, a large import and using a transshipper to do that. There's a couple neat species uh, that I've been wanting to get for a long time that are on the list. So I'm gonna, gonna do it, but uh, I'm still working that out. So I can't share with you all of that yet, but some exciting stuff should happen next week if it all goes as planned. Okay, that's enough about me and what's going on here. Let's talk about you. So I'm gonna start looking uh, through the chat. I'm gonna go to the top of the chat. I'm gonna look for uh, things that are highlighted for me. So the at Dan's fish thing where it turns orange on my side and I can see it easily. And I'll respond to those. If you are posting a question or a comment and I'm not responding to it, like I've skipped over it, I promise that's accidental. Um, it might not be highlighting for me or something. If that happens a couple times, like if you post it a couple times and I skip right by it, that means I'm not seeing it. So in that case, would you call a mod's attention to that? And, and they know how to like make things flash in front of my eyes so I actually see them. 81 watching. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's been an exciting week here at Dan's Fish. Um, okay, so the first one, the fish tank barn at Dan's Fish. You missed the most insane store of them all in Lansing. Well, I'll just have to go back. So fish tank barn, you'll have to have me um, up to the Motor City Aquarium Club or Aquarium Society or whatever it's called up to your neck of the woods. And uh, then we can go. Yeah, let's do it, man. <laughs> that's that's the excuse I need to get back there that and a talk um and I've got several I've got five or six different talks I can give so it's not just killifish I can talk about several things Ken's fish sorry being out of town work not able to ship yet oh yeah no worries no worries Kent's uh I know what it is to be busy like busy I understand so I get it Kaylee's Aquatics I know I had to ship four cichlids to Texas and had to really labor over how I used one heat pack, but no styro, just paper. Yeah, because you're far enough south that that I think that, yeah, I see what you're saying. You're like, if I put a heat pack in, but no styro, maybe the temperature will be right. Um, yeah, it's a tricky time of year to ship fish for sure. Heat pack could overheat them, not a heat pack could chill them. So Bob's like, well, I'll do a heat pack, but no styro. Cool. Let me know how it goes, Bob. I hope it's all successful and everything arrives alive and intact. Petsotics, hey, good to, good to hear from you. Good to hear from you, Petsotics. Been a little while. Petsotics, if you haven't checked out Get Gills for a while, uh, Petsotics has a store at Get Gills. Uh, check it out. It's blowing up. Like, there's a lot going on there now. Getgills.com for anyone that wants to buy fish or fish-related stuff or sell fish and fish-related stuff. Fish tube. What does it mean to be a master breeder? Well, sometimes we just throw the term around and someone's like, I like how you breed fish. I'm going to call you a master breeder and the term sticks. In this case, this was an award from the Federation of Aquarium Societies, um, which basically uh, I think it's like a BAP type program that was done nationally. And the year Chase Kleinstucker one, he he bred more species than anybody else. Bred and raised. 
and he's up to 570 species that he's bred and raised. And this guy's done a lot of fish for a long time, but it depends. Uh, different organizations have different definitions. Sometimes it's not even an organization. It's just a term that's used and it sticks. But in this case, it, it's like a BAP breeders award program thing. You, uh, you turn in each species you breed for that year and then they determine the points and all that. Yeah. So there's some formal master breeders and some, uh, informal master breeders. It's like terms like, a like the shrimp king, like what's a shrimp king? Well, <laughs> it's a term that sticks. That's what it is. <laughs> what are what my term that will, will be that sticks? I guess it's fishmonger. I guess that's sticking. I almost named all my stuff, uh, the bald fish dude, but, but I didn't. <laughs> I thought that'd be fun, but I thought some people might be turned off by that as being unprofessional. Um, bald fish dude, baldy. That's a term that sticks to me a lot. Maria Z, no worries. I didn't think they would be here before tomorrow and the way you pack them, I'm sure they'll be fine. Yeah, I'm sure they will too. I'm still nervous, but I'm nervous every week. That's the, that's the bad part of it. There's a, there's some jobs you can go to and do, and it's like, you go, you leave, you're done you know, you don't have to carry it with you. Packing and selling fish, not that way. Like I, I love what I do. Don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining, but until all those fish arrive, I'm going to be nervous. I just always am. Um, all right. Reels tanks. Real great to hear from you. Glad you're here. I just don't know what to charge for shipping at get gills. I'm lost on it. So it depends real. Um, so there's, the easiest thing to do probably to start is to just use flat rate packaging because it's a flat rate. So you know what it's going to cost you to ship. So if it's going to cost 17 bucks or 1780 or 20 bucks, whatever it is for a large flat rate box, then, and you know that the heat pack costs you three bucks, and the styrofoam liner costs you three bucks and the bags cost you, I don't know, 50 cents each and all that. Then you can kind of calculate what it actually costs to ship a box because the postage is a, is a set rate and your other costs you can calculate. That might be the easiest way to start. And then once you've got a feel for that, then maybe you can start if you want, there might not ever be a reason to uh, add different shipping methods, but if you wanted, then maybe you can play with like a region A box or a seven by seven by six little square box um, and things like that. But I think really what I would do is use a flat rate box to begin with, uh, maybe just a medium, maybe start with one kind of box, maybe a medium flat rate box to start. Don't even do a small, medium, large or anything. Just a medium. One size box costs what? I don't know. Depends on how you ship it. But let's say it costs you 14 bucks to ship that roughly. Okay. Um, and then you know how much your heat packs are. And you know how much your styrofoam is. And that's how much you charge for shipping. Um, I mean, some people calculate a little time into it and, and a little of the other stuff too so that it's not a straight loss when they do it. 
but that's what I would do. Start with the flat rate box so you can actually calculate actual costs. You'll learn a little bit. You'll make a couple mistakes in costs and be like, oh, wait, I didn't calculate this bit or that bit or something. But after a few times, um, when it's flat rate, you'll know. You'll kind of have it figured out. And then if you want, you could branch into an, another type of, of box or another type of shipping. And this is a great time to do it because it's warm enough that priorities uh, very reliable. In fact, for some reason, often my priority boxes are arriving as quickly as my express boxes right now. I, I don't know why. I don't control the post office. And I, I almost always send the express boxes in earlier in the day. So they hit the first pickup cycle of the day to try to make sure they get there on time and stuff. But um, yeah, anyway, real, that's how I would start. Hopefully that makes sense. If you need like one-on-one -on -one attention with that, anyone that's on Get Gills and is trying to figure out how to ship fish or needs help creating a store at Get Gills or creating their shipping groups or any of that, I'm available one-on-one. -on -one. Dan at dancefish.com or dan at getgills.com. I'm happy to help. The more successful you are on Get Gills, the more successful my partner and I are in our businesses. So I'll do lots to help someone get started on Get Gills. So if real, if you need more help than that, email me. I'll help you out. Um, let's see here. Next one, Hydro Guy Aquatics. Great name. Like it. I got my first batch of fry from my Santa Maria Andlers. Awesome. That is amazing. I'm excited to see them grow and build my colony. Thanks again for them. You are welcome. So glad you got them um, and that they bred for you. That's great. And I can't wait to see like what those babies are like. I, I mean, it, they're probably going to be great little Santa Marias. That's, that's the goal. But I'm always nervous when I sell a pricey fish because people when you're buying a line of endlers that isn't cheap and they're 85 bucks, if you get them from me, 105 bucks, if you get them other places, this is an expensive endler. Um, I'm always nervous when people pay that kind of money. I know they're doing it because they want to get offspring that breed that are true. They want that to breed true. And, um, they should, they're breeding true for me. But 90, 95% true is still, there's still that little slight possibility that maybe the female they got was one of those tiny percent that won't breed true. So let me know, Hydro Guy, or anyone else that's got Santa Maria's from me. I'm sure they'll be fine, but if, if, the, if the lottery was uh, stacked against you and you got like the couple percentage point female that, that isn't quite true, let me know and I'll take care of you. But I'm glad you got babies and I'm sure they'll be fine. It's just like shipping. I'm just nervous till it all works out. It's like a long-term thing, right? When you sell an expensive Endler strain. Janice Lundberg. Hello. Glad you're back. I'm glad I made it back too. Made it back. Did three days of work in two to get all the fish up and shipped and out that this week. And now today I'm like finally, finally feeling like I'm a little back to normal. I think tomorrow I'll be fully recovered. The trip kicked my butt. Just no sleep no sleep. Like the last good sleep I had was Wednesday of last week, Wednesday night of last week. And then I didn't get another good sleep until like uh, Sunday night. It was, it was rough. 
<laughs> Skipper's Aquariums. Sorry, bud. It's been a while. Yeah, but you're back now. I have been real busy. It is that time of year. Yard work and the wife's to-do list. The honey-do list. Yes, I know it well. Honey, do this. Honey, do that. And I'm happy to do it, though, because she helps me out a lot. But I hear you, Skippers. Glad you could make it this time. And no worries. That's what replays are for. <laughs> Drinking's hard. Apparently, I can't drink without spilling all over myself. Mob Guppy, 82 watching, only 39 likes. Let's step up, people. Hey, thanks, Mob Guppy. Appreciate you looking out for me like that. That's awesome. But yeah, the more people we get in here, the, the more fun we have and the more we can... Uh, yeah, geek out, I guess. All right, just saw one. Here it is. Dave. Hey, Dave. Good to hear from you. Dave Jenkins. I was feeding my aphiosemen Caliurum live Daphne and was surprised to see two one-inch fry along with the pair. Thanks for finding and selling this cool killi. Awesome. You can now say you've bred killifish. That's great. So people ask me all the time, how do you breed killifish? And there's lots of ways. But the way Dave is doing it is the easiest. Put them in a well-established tank. Hopefully, like, half of it choked with plants. <laughs> and feed them. And if you can, occasionally feed, like, little brine shrimp or crushed up flake or daphnia or whatever. Small stuff for the fry. And eventually, you'll get a colony going in there. So that's awesome, Dave. I'm glad to hear that. And they're, they're one-inch fry, so they're... They're good size at this time. That's great. They've grown up for you. All right. Bathy Phila, if you could only have, okay, if you could only have kerosens or cyprinids, but not both, which would you choose? Oh my gosh, really? Oh. And I can't do my usual thing and be like, killifish. Um, Oh, they're both so amazing. So kerosens are your tetras and closely related. Cyprinids are like your barbs and your rasboras and your danios. But also, I mean, someone correct me if I'm wrong. It's Michael Wilson here. Um, but I'm pretty sure cyprinids are also like the native shiners and stuff in our backyard here in the United States and in all those kind of cool fish like bitterlings and and lots of fish besides just like you know the barbs and daniels and rasboras um oh geez okay i oh, i don't know i i think i'm gonna go for kerosens simply because that family is so so diverse. I love splash tetras. I couldn't imagine a world without splash tetras. And probably because I just listened to um, the talk given by Regina that L.R. Brett's put out on his channel on breeding tetras. So it's kind of in my mind right now. And I just uh, toured Chase's fish room. And he's breeding all kinds of tetras, although he's breeding kerosens too and other stuff. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Kerosens. The other reason is they're so important to our industry. Like, imagine the a fish store without tetras. Like, I can I don't like it, but I can imagine a fish store without barbs. 
But without Tetras, that's hard. I'm going to go with Karasins just because there's no good option you gave me. So that's what I'm going with. Mainly because I just listened to Regina's talk about breeding them. So they're so I'm excited about them and they're in my mind. <laughs> um, Real stinks. I got size four box. Okay. I don't remember which one is size four. Hang on. Let me look real quick. Size four priority shipping box. Which one is that? Is that the medium? Um, seven by seven by six. Okay. Yeah. So that one's good. I use that all the time. That's one of my favorite size boxes because I can fit like three pairs of fish in it or uh, six fish in it if they're small. I can fit three angelfish in it or like six guppies. Um, the issue real is since it's not a flat rate, you'll probably have to do a little playing around to figure out exactly how much it costs you to ship them in your area to wherever you're shipping. After a while, you'll figure out that if you charge, for me, I charge 15 bucks to ship that size box. And sometimes it costs a little less, sometimes it costs a little more, but it averages out at about 15 bucks if I send that priority. So I'd say maybe start at 15 and see, um, and see if you need to adjust it from there. Yeah, I mean, that's what works for me. When I send that box express, I, I send it for $39 and I often lose money. Uh, all my express boxes, I, I often lose money on. Um, but I think if you send that priority real, I'd start at 15 and see what, what happens. See if you need to adjust from there. Candy overhauls, posting my email there for anyone that wants to get a hold of me, dan at getgills.com or dan at dansfish.com. Um, honestly, if you're trying to get a store up and running and sell stuff or buy stuff at Get Gills, I'll, I'll do one-on-one -on -one with you. I'll video chat with you or whatever I have to do to help you out. Killers Aquatics, a dance fish sea Shelby Ray's comment above. All right, thanks for letting me know, and I will scroll up and find it. Shelby Ray Lane, why are they so expensive, Dan? Are they really rare? Well, okay, what are we talking about, Shelby Ray? Shelby, could you let me know which... I'm scrolling up to see if I missed something. Oh, are you talking about the Endlers? Okay, I'm going to assume, Shelby Ray, that you're talking about the Endlers. Um, and if I'm wrong, <laughs> post below and I'll, I'll answer the question for whichever fish you're actually asking about. But yeah, I think you're asking about the Endlers. So... I don't know exactly why that particular strain is so expensive. Um, all I know is that when I got my strain, they cost a lot. And the only competitor that I know of that sells them sells them for $105 a pair. I assume that it's like anything else in this world that it's supply and demand. I don't think there's very many Santa Maria Endlers available or kind of quality Santa Maria Endlers available. Um, I've worked really hard. Uh, it took me almost a year and a half to get my strain to the point where I was confident that I could sell them and the person would get a quality fish that would give them quality offspring. So it's not just about creating a fish, which looks good, but a fish that the person that buys them can breed and get good results from as well. That takes a lot of work. So if you figure in almost a year and a half of labor 
plus the expense of getting the fish in the first place, that kind of sets uh, the price. And I just think that they are super rare. I don't think there's that many around. And in my opinion, the reason I chose to work with this endler as opposed to any other endler or guppy is because I think they're absolutely stunning. For those that don't know what a Santa Maria endler is, let me just show you real quick. Um, they are absolutely stunning. That black back with that bright orange underside. Um, and you'll often see them like, like this, which is fine on the caudal fin. What I'm breeding towards though is something more like this, where the uh, orange extends all the way. So I've, I've worked really hard to, to establish that something like this, see how the orange extends. Um, and we're not 100% there yet, but it's in the genes. It, it's, it's in them. And all the breeders I hold back have that attribute. So that's what we're working towards. Really gorgeous fish. So anyway, hopefully that answered your question, um, Shelby Ray Lane. And hopefully I talked about the fish you were asking about. I think I did. Small fry aquatics. Breeding true is always touch and go. My long fin plecos typically throw 75-25 long fin to short fin. Just part of the game. Yeah, I mean, there's it, it's always a, a bell curve, right? It's always a ratio. Um, it's just you want the ratio to be really high. <laughs> so then it's easy for the person to select good stock and, and keep the strain going. And the strain doesn't degrade as quickly or as easily. Um, yeah. You know, if the breeder, like, gets busy and can't cull for a couple months or something, then they still... They still have a shot at having good stock. All right, Blackwater. Has any of your wholesale uh, microtenopoma and sorgii? Um, so I did see that fish on the list recently, and I didn't get it because the price was so high. Um, I did not think I could mark them up and in good conscience ask my customers to buy them at the price I would have to sell them for considering how expensive they were wholesale. So yeah, they were available a few weeks ago, uh, like three weeks ago. And I was tempted because I like that fish a lot, but it was just, it was too expensive. I, I couldn't justify it. And I don't remember exactly what the price was. And I remember going back and forth in my mind about it, but ultimately if I can't like, if I was a customer and I would be like, I wouldn't pay that for that fish, then I'm probably not going to buy it. And that's the price point it was at. Even though I like that fish a ton, it would be so expensive that it would be uh, unlikely that I would be willing to pay for it if I was the retail customer. So that's why I passed on it. I don't see them very often at all. They're, they're a hard one to find. And so, yeah, I was super tempted because of that, but I just couldn't, again, if I'm not willing to pay for it, I, I don't think others will either because I'll pay good money for fish. Skipper's Aquariums, I'm having a hard time finding guppy grass. Oh, really? Man. Um, well, real quick as an exercise, let's see if there's any here. I don't know if there is. Um, guppy grass. Let's try grass. <laughs> let's see. Here it is right here. So there's a couple... Sellers that have it available here at Get Gills. Looks like you can get it from 
Botanical Aquatics for $5.95 or from uh, Stillwater Aquatics for 5 bucks. And you'd have to dig in and kind of look at shipping and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's available at getgills.com if you need some. All right. Dave Jenkins, what happened to the angelfish eggs behind you? Oh, they got eaten. The day after the live stream, I came in and they were gone. So I don't know if it was that pair's first time breeding. So I wasn't really surprised. Often it takes angelfish several times before they learn to raise the babies. And then a few more times before they learn or before they learn to raise the, the eggs to hatching. And then a few more times before they learn to raise the babies once they've hatched. So, or it could have been like, you know, the fish in the, maybe at night the catfish got them or something like that. I'm not sure, but I, I was, I wasn't surprised because of where they chose to spawn, but yeah, they got eaten. They were, uh, they made some fish, uh, fat and happy. Michael Wilson, shiners, chubs, and carps are all cyprinids. Okay, cool. So I was right about that. Hey, I was right about something. <laughs> There's areas I just don't know all that much about. Thanks, Michael Wilson, for clarifying. Cheshire Cat, my platy fry are driving me crazy. Food too big, they can't eat it. I crush it too small, they ignore it. They're picky and think they have big mouths when they don't. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I've never had trouble with platy fry. Like, if it's too big, they'll tear it apart. But, yeah. Picky little, you got picky little babies, huh? <laughs> um, one thing I learned works really well with live bears is, in addition to those things that like crushed up flake and pellets and stuff, is rapashi. They love it. You can get them good vegetable matter in the rapashi and keep food in front of them pretty much all day long, and they'll grow fat and happy and quickly that way. Michael Wilson found a dealer online who has been selling swordtail kerosens. Oh. No longer available, but someone must be wholesaling them. Yeah, I think at one time they were available at uh, at the Cichlid Exchange, um, which is the wholesale arm of the Wet Spot Tropical Fish. Yeah, but not available now. Shoot. Well, I've got my eye on them now. I also, uh, again, in Regina's talk that L.R. Bretz has on his channel, if you if you're interested in tetras. Uh, she has a great talk on breeding and raising tetras that LRB has. Um, she talked about them as well and got me even more excited about them. So I'm looking, I'm looking. Dan Slater, I have this happen a lot. Go to Slippery Fish Aquatics, order eight multifasciatus, shipping is 160. Yeah, so, so that's, there's an error when they sh set up the shipping then. What happened is they made it so that this is part of why Jonathan is working so hard to uh, to make the shipping more intuitive. What that means is that uh, Slivery Fish Aquatics did not go when they built their inventory. They did not set their uh, box capacity. So it get gills when you here, let me show you real quick. So slippery fish, if you're watching, this is how you fix that um, here. So I'm going to go to my store, my products, and let's go to these guys. 
if this right here is blank, then that tells the system that only one fish can fit in each box. And then if someone buys eight multifasciatus, for example, they're paint shipping on eight boxes instead of one box. So what you do here is you put in, okay, in a USPS Priority Express small box, I can fit six of these, these uh, Black Tiger Darios. In a medium box, I can fit 12, whether it's Express or Priority. And in a large box, I can fit 20. So because I put that in there, if you come and order 12 Black Tiger Dario from me, then you only pay shipping once. So shipping is going to be 20 bucks. Um, so to fix that, Slippery Fish Aquatics, if you would go to your multifasciatus and add how many you can fit in each type of box you sell, then that'll make it so that when Dan Slater or someone else goes there, they don't get this strange shipping bill. The other thing that can make that happen is if you click here, um, that can make that happen. That'll make it so that if someone buys that fish and another kind of fish and all that, it separates the shipping out because you've said this species has to ship by itself. So if this is clicked, that can create issues. Um, some people click that not realizing that it'll override all these other things. And if these aren't filled out, that can create those issues. So that's the way to fix that for anyone that's on get gills and having trouble getting the right shipping, just put in how many fish, I don't know what, what kind of boxes you have that you want to ship with, but whatever it is, put in your quantities and it will um, make it so your customer doesn't have to pay shipping uh, so much that they just you know, move on and don't buy from you. Um, so if you ever get an email from a customer saying like, what's with this wacky shipping, that's how you fix it. Or if you need more help, contact me. I'm happy to help folks uh, get that all figured out. But it's, it's, a, it's just a little counterintuitive now how it's set up. So there's a few stores that um, don't have shipping set up right. Or maybe Slippery Fish knows how to do it and just, I've done this before where I'm, I'm adding lots of items and I just forget on an item to, to, to set up the box quantity <laughs> or box capacity. Um, so that tells the system how many fish you can fit in a box. So if someone buys a bunch of fish, it kind of can pack the box as efficiently as possible for them. And uh, yeah, it's a cool function. It's just one that we need to make a little more intuitive. And that's why Jonathan's working hard on that. All right, 72 watching. All right, not bad for us. Hydro Guy Aquatics, what are your thoughts on King Koi guppies? The ones with the lumpy heads can't decide if I like them or not. So let's look at this. King Koi guppies for everyone. King Koi guppy. All right. So we've got like an Aranda type thing. I know to each their own. And I have to confess, I've never seen this fish in person. Um, personally, I'm not. I'm not into it. Um, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be, but often until I see a fish in person, I don't really know if it affects that fish negatively or not. I can't like observe its behavior and it's swimming and all that. So I'm kind of on the fence until I see a fish in person. Um, that's a new fish or new mutation. What concerns me though, is this, do you see how it's got 
It's got its like Aranda head type thing going on here, but it's also, it looks to me like got the same kind of thing going on back here and you don't want that. I've seen in plenty of live bearers where this area starts getting these kinds of like, I don't know what you call them, bumps <laughs> in them and stuff. And in my experience, it's never been a good sign and those fish have not done well long-term. I don't know if that's the case with this fish, but just since I've had a neg negative experience with that, and this to me looks very similar, then my mind is automatically thinking, oh, that's, that's a problem. Now, maybe it's not. Maybe that's a totally different thing that's causing that and doesn't harm the fish at all. I'm not sure. But whenever there's a new mutation, it takes me a little while to get on board. Um, and usually what has to happen is I have to see it um, in person before I can be like, oh, that fish is doing great. Like, that's fine. I kind of draw the line when I feel like the quality of life of the fish is hampered by the mutation. Yeah. And I don't know if it is or not Hydra guy with that fish. Anyone here keeping those? Are you like, Hey, they're rock solid. They're happy. They're awesome. Let us know. Cause that'll help. Uh, that'll help people know if they want to try them or not. I mean, they look kind of, it's definitely an interesting look and I, I don't have a problem with mutations. I, I'm, I like wild fish that breed true and don't have mutations and generation after generation look like the real thing. <laughs> and I also like mutations. I like cauliflower hyphen, red-eyed red sword tails. I like Santa Marie endlers. So I'm not anti-mutation by any means. I just don't want it to negatively impact the fish's quality of life. And just from what I saw of that, it reminds me of other fish where that's happened. So yeah. Lumpy Dog, how did you find vertically challenged hatchet fish? I would market them accordingly. That's right. Midwater species hatchet fish. If you guys have noticed, this ha th these are the weirdest fish in the world. Usually hatchet fish are like glued to the surface. Um, these aren't. They go all over the tank until I do this. And then we're like, feed me. And they go right up to the surface, right? They're not shy at all. And by the way, they ship really well. I shipped out 20 of them uh, last week. And they all arrived alive, no problems. So they're they're rock solid, these guys. And hatchet fish, you know, until they can be tough to acclimate. They can be a little uh, shaky at first. So, yeah, I don't know, Lumpy Dog, why they're doing that. I like to think it's because there's floating plants and other stuff in there. And so they're so comfortable that they don't have to hug the surface where if a predator came, they could fly away, basically, because they're freshwater flying fish. For those that didn't know, hatchet fish, that's what they're famous for. They, uh, they're a freshwater flying fish. So they have elongated uh, pectoral fins. And yeah, and when they're in danger, they, just like a saltwater flying fish, they jump out of the water, spread those, and glide. Maybe not as far as a saltwater freshwater fish, but that's their defense mechanism. So the fact that they are glued to the surface, lumpy dog, makes me hope that they're so comfortable that they don't mind going elsewhere in the tank. But yeah, it's kind of interesting. I've never seen that behavior in hatchet fish before either. <laughs> Mine are just weird. <laughs> Rena Mar, I can tell you from experience that Dan at, there we go. Hang on, it cut off. Let's finish the thought that Dan at Stillwater Aquatic sends generous amounts of guppy grass and the shipping is not insane. He is awesome with communication as well. Good to know. So Rena Mar had a good experience with Dan at Stillwater Aquatics. 
the Stillwater Aquatic Store at GetGills.com. Rena, thanks for chiming in and letting us know that. That's awesome. So if you were looking at guppy grass, Rena did that and had a good experience. All right, Candy posted my email. Thanks, Bob Kaler, lumpin', <laughs> lumpin'. <laughs> I said, I was trying to talk while I was reading Lumpy Dog. <laughs> Jeez. Um. <laughs> Sometimes my mind and my tongue just don't sync. <laughs> Kayla's Aquatics, thanks for linking the t-shirt. Dave Jenkins, Regina is giving that Tetra talk this Sunday in Cincinnati's club meeting. I'm going. You, yeah, go. Um, she's a font of information about it. So guys, if you're interested in learning more about Tetras and breeding and raising them, and you're in the Cincinnati area, go to that club meeting Sunday. It'll be worth it. She gives a good talk. And you know, in person, it's awesome because then you can ask any of the questions that you need clarification on if you've been struggling with the species or whatever. Michael Wilson, the Aranda looking king guppies are homozygous. Heterozygous just have red head with no bumps. Okay. Well, I like the color scheme on them. They're, they're like, they really are like a koi with that bright red contrasted with that white. I mean, the color scheme is, is beautiful. Cheshire Cat, the adult platies do the same thing. If the food is too big, they'll chew it, spit it out, chew, spit out, and then move to easier food. But they don't always like the smaller pieces either. Man, you've got some dainty little platies. It's like that, that fancy feast cat food with that super pretentious commercial showing the most spoiled cat in the world. Where they like put the cat in like the caviar container and chink the wine glass and this pure white, like, I don't know which breed it is, but comes over and like delicately eats the food. You've got like, <laughs> you've got like the classy platy, like that cat, <laughs> the high class platy, <laughs> let them eat cake. <laughs> well, Canada's Aquatics, thanks for the super chat. 20 bucks. Weird hatchet fish, 20 bucks. Thanks man. And they are. They are strange. <laughs> Bob, thanks for the super chat. I appreciate it. And so does Brenda. Bob, one day I hope to meet you in person. Um, hopefully we can, I don't know, I can get to a club where you're at or we can, I don't know. I don't know when or how, but I'd love to meet you in person, man. Same with Lumpy Dog. Uh, I met Candy. Candy's close enough. And uh, 54 Punchy is close enough that I have no doubt I'll be hanging out with her at some point in the near future. But yeah. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate it. All right. It's 8.04. We've reached the bottom of the chat. I'm not a guy that likes to make a chat go, uh, a live stream go longer than it just naturally wants to go. And one of the indications that we've kind of got to the point where the chat is finishing up is when we reach the bottom of the discussion. So if you have a question or comment you want me to get to, um, leave it kind of now and I'll get to it because uh, we're going to start Pretty soon here, we'll start packing it up and, and closing it out for the night. Um, just because there's nothing more painful than watching a chat slow or a chat, a live stream slowly die and try to drag its life out. There's no time limit here. If we go half an hour, good. We've gone an hour and five minutes, good. If we go an hour and 45, good. Like we'll, we'll, let, we'll let the live stream itself kind of decide. But all right. Tech Turtle attention. Okay, I think Tech Turtle's trying to 
Okay, my full attention is now on chat, Dan. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> Cheshire Cat. Yes, high class platy that will eat their own poop. <laughs> That's when you know you need to take that platy home to mama. <laughs> I've seen a couple do it a few times with the same piece before realizing it's not food, not the brightest fish. You know, it makes it a little bit difficult to pack them. Uh, and there's like live bears or guppies, sortails, platies, mollies, all that are a little difficult to pack as are other fish that'll do that. Some of the barbs and things like that, or anything that just grazes on biofilm and stuff, because even if you withhold the food, they still find something to eat. Like you can withhold food from live bears. They'll just eat their own poop and you've still got the issue. So um, so that's why just real quick for those that might not know, it, it takes some real time to get fish ready to ship. So what I do personally to make sure there's no poop in the bag or as little poop in the bag when you ship a fish as possible, because poop equals ammonia and you don't want that, is uh, I feed Friday morning. Then Saturday I catch all the fish and I put them in a bag in their shipping bag, but I don't seal it because often putting them in that bag will induce them to defecate or, you know, in the bag, I know there's really nothing to eat except maybe a little poop if they, if they choose to. Um, so anyway, I put them in the bag on Saturday, then Sunday we change the water in the bag. So any fish that defecated goes back in clean water. We change it on all the fish just to kind of start from nice, fresh water, seal them up, and then uh, on Monday, we send them out. So that's kind of, it takes really a couple days. Uh, it's almost a three-day process to, to kind of get their digestive tract uh, cleared enough for shipping. Um, Greg Jones, are you going to Aquashella or Aquatic Experience? I'm not. Um, I would like to, just because I want to meet y'all. But uh, I'm doing this for a living now, and so far... The amount of uh, income versus expense isn't to the getting to the point where I can pay for a trip like that, honestly, or take the work off. Like I was able to go speak at the aquarium club because aquarium clubs pay for my travel and hotel and stuff. I'm not out of pocket on that. But even then I lose uh, I lose work like I'm behind on listing inventory. I there's stuff on get gills I need to do that I didn't get to. So it's a little tough. And when you add the expense of travel on top of it. My business just isn't built to the point where I can do that yet. Right now, everything that comes in gets wrapped back into the business uh, to try to help it expand and grow and things like that. So I just don't have the cash, honestly, to do that. Um, I would like to, though. The other thing is I'm, I'm not really excited about the aquatic experience. Um, the only reason I would want to go is to meet you guys. But a, a uh, an event that is centered around like new products, like companies trying to promote their products and explain their products and, and stuff like that. That doesn't really excite me. I'm not a guy that gets super excited about the latest aquarium light or the latest uh, change to a canister filter or something. I mean, all these tanks are like, these are, I've got a box filter and a sponge filter and a cheap like work light on top. That's that's as high tech as I'm interested in, honestly. 
Um, I mean, this, this tank has a canister filter on it, I guess. Um, but yeah, so all that, all that kind of industry stuff doesn't interest me much. What really interests me are talks, um, about collecting fish and breeding fish and like about the fish and plants and stuff and all that keeping fish more than the latest gadgets. So an industry type conference doesn't interest me nearly as much as a hobbyist convention, like the um, the ACA, the American Cichlid Association, or um, the AKA, the American Library, I'm sorry, Killifish Association, or Library Association, or the International Beta Congress, st stuff like that, where you get other hobbyists and breeders and collectors and stuff talking about the fish as opposed to products that they're really, bottom line is they're trying to promote and sell. So um, Aquashella, I, I am a performing artist like I this up until now, that's how I've made my living. So I am interested in that just because I like art uh, a lot. But I don't have the uh, spare change right now to do that. Joshua at Dance Fish. Do you ever stock central a uh, celestial pearl Daniel or emerald dwarf rasboras? So I might get some CPDs again. Right now, I do have some emerald dwarf uh, rasboras, but I, I'm not. They probably won't be listed for another week or two, mainly because they're in with the um, rosy loaches and the black tiger darios. And as soon as I put them in the tank, they like disappeared into the plants. And I just haven't seen them since. So I need to like move the plants, like move out the Java moss and stuff and make sure they're in good shape before I list them. Um, I might get Celestial Pearl Danios again. The trouble I've had with them is that A, sometimes you'll get a male that's really aggressive and does a number on the other fish. And B, they're beautiful fish, but honestly, you rarely see them. They like to hide a lot. So that being said, I do want to try something. I did go to a fish store or a fish room. I can't remember when I was in Grand Rapids this last week. Um, and they had a bunch of celestial pearl danias. They were out and about and not shy. And I'm not sure why that happened, except for they had a couple other little fish species in there too, like little tetras and stuff. So I'm wondering if a fish like that, like a little dither fish, might help them come out. So that's something I want to try, so I might get them in again. Um, the other thing with those fish is it can be really difficult to get them to eat flakes and pellets, in my experience. You kind of have to feed live and frozen. And sometimes it takes a while to get them onto frozen. So with all that being said, um, there's so many other species I'm interested in that I've you know, got the other species instead. But they are on the list. They're in the back of my mind. Every time I see them, I pause a little bit and think, hmm, should I do this? And then I, and then I don't. <laughs> but one day, maybe I will. Tech Turtle, throwing down a buck. Hey, thanks, Tech Turtle. Appreciate it. Always appreciated. Never required, but always appreciated. Skipper's Aquariums, I will talk to you later on, bud. Good night. All right. Sounds good. Hydra Guy Aquatics, I'm going to get... Uh, okay, I'm going to get some see-through guppies. Okay, cool. I think it will be cool to see the fry develop inside the females. Yeah, I think those are pretty cool too. The what glass guppies or whatever they call them. Real stinks. Got my first blue-eyed lemon pleco fry. Awesome. First rainbow cichlid, cichlid fry. Awesome. First neon blue acaras this week. All right, look at that. Three new species on the, on the list. 
Good for you, Real. That's amazing. That's a good week. <laughs> That's awesome. Kids Aquatics, those rainbows are my grand fry. Oh, yeah, that's right. So you got uh, rainbow cichlids from Bob, and then you bred them. So Bob is a, a, grand, a granddaddy, a grand fishy daddy, I guess. <laughs> However that works. Tech Turtle, two more dollars. Wow. If we stay longer, will the next one be three, and then the next one four? And then, no, I'm joking. <laughs> Thanks, Tech Turtle. Really appreciate it. All right, everybody. Thanks for being here. We've uh, reached the bottom of the chat, thrown down a few more questions and comments and reached it again. So I'm gonna call this good and done. I wanna take a moment to thank my amazing moderators. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Kaler's Aquatics, Lumpy Dog, and Candy Overholes for being here, appreciate it. And wherever you are, 54 Punchy, I know you can't be here, but we appreciate you too. Um, everyone that threw down a super chat, awesome, thanks. It's, it helps a ton. Um, we're still a small business. We're still a startup, both dancefish and getgills.com. So when you're at that stage of business, every little bit helps, um, cause you're throwing it all back in and trying to grow stuff as much as you can. In fact, I've got a contractor coming tomorrow to look at, uh, look at the possibility of kind of an estimate on what it'll cost to expand building wise. But, um, so it's all appreciated. And then everyone else who kind of answered questions and gave information that was asked in the chat, appreciate your help. All you lurkers, you know, I feel you. If you like this stuff and you haven't subscri subscribed and you want to, I would invite you to. Um, anyone that wants to hit notification bells or hit likes or shares or any of that schmaz, it's always appreciated. I hope to have a video out tomorrow of one of the fish room tours I did and have some other cool stuff coming in. Um, if not tomorrow, real soon. I'm, I'm working on it as quick as I can. Anyway, thanks again. Hope you all have a wonderful evening. Until next Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time, have a good one. Bye-bye.